Um, But anyway, today's passage is from James 3, verses 1 through 10. My brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers, because we know that we teachers will be judged more strictly. We all make mistakes often, but those who don't make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. Like a bridled horse, they can control themselves entirely. When we bridle horses and put bits in their mouths to lead them wherever we want, we can control their whole bodies. Consider ships. They are so large that strong winds are needed to drive them. But pilots direct their ships wherever they want with a little rudder. In the same way, even though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts wildly. Think about this. A small flame can set a whole forest on fire. The tongue is a small flame of fire, a world of evil at work in us. It contaminates our entire lives. Because of it, the circle of life is set on fire. The tongue itself is set on fire by the flames of hell. People can tame and already have tamed every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish. No one can tame the tongue, though. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we both bless the Lord and, Lord and Father and curse human beings made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it just shouldn't be this way. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Amen. Uh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. I was a pretty awkward kid growing up, so I had people tell me that quite a bit. And it turns out that that this statement can be both false and true at the very same time. On the one hand, this phrase does a pretty good job of helping us not take too seriously everything that people say about us. It helps us Let those insults be water off a duck's back so that we can be resilient. Uh, I've heard the saying uh, uh, years ago, and it just stuck with me. It said, you wouldn't care so much what other people say about you if you realize how little they did. (laughs) And on the other hand, words can be really harmful and cause all kinds of anxieties. You know, psychologists have studied how pain from both physical injury and from emotional uh, insults or nonverbal expressions affect our brains. And they have found that they affect the same area of the brain in very similar ways. So... Sticks and stones can break our bones, and words can definitely hurt people. Uh, As we continue to to go through this letter of James, I want to remind you that that James was written to a group of Jesus followers, uh, a new group of Jesus followers who are trying to figure it all out. They're trying to learn how to fully live in the way that Jesus taught them to live. Uh, James approaches the challenges uh, the early church has in a very particular and practical way. 
He doesn't try to influence them with eloquent teaching, but he tries to influence them with abruptly pointing out the truth. And these truths he are pointing to are still challenging Jesus' followers today. We still want to keep one foot in the world and one foot in the Jesus movement. And when we get called out on that, it makes us uncomfortable. Uh, in the first chapter, uh, James lays out what I believe is kind of the theme of the entire letter. It just goes throughout. James 1.22, he says, you must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. You see what I mean by James can be abrupt? Hearers who mislead themselves. We're misled when we equate knowledge with embodiment. We're misled when we think that what we know is more valuable than what we do. We're misled when we are more interested in being right than we are about being righteous. And we're misled when we tell people how to live rather than walking with them through life. I am 100% convinced that living out our faith pleases God more than studying it. This week, we, we look at chapter three. Uh, and what Brian read for us, uh, James is on a roll, right? When it comes to talking about how we speak. James is, is trying to teach us that to be faithful doers of the word, uh, we must make certain that what we say and how we say it aligns with the teachings of Jesus. James starts out with a pretty stern warning for people who strive to tell other people how they should live. People who may give advice to others on what is good and what is right. And then he goes into this tirade of a speech of how your tongue can do a whole lot more harm than good. Verse 3, the first verse of chapter 3 says, My brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers because we know that we teachers will be judged more strictly. And then James kind of goes on to, to encourage them that, that nobody's perfect, that we're all going to make mistakes, that we're all going to be wrong about something, and that's why we need to be extremely careful with what we say. He says that people that can control how they speak are people who have grown to full maturity. You know, one of the things that I like to talk about a lot <laughs> is that change, transformation is not something that happens in an instant. It's not something that happens overnight. It takes work. Transformation is an intentional process 
that works on our habits so that we can grow closer to who God knows that we can be. And James throws at us here three really quick metaphors of things that we can do to help control how we talk to one another. Uh, In this first metaphor, he's encouraging them to control what they say. Listen to this. We all make mistakes, but those who don't make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. Like a bridled horse, they can control themselves entirely. When we bridle horses and put bits in their mouths to lead them wherever we want, we can control their whole bodies. I I think this is a perfect time for for this message, And, and I wish I could tell you it was strategic and on purpose, but it's not. As we approach the Thanksgiving holiday and we're gathered around that Thanksgiving table, maybe we should bridle what we say. (laughs) When that crazy uncle begins talking about things, maybe we should hold back a little bit. Now, a bridle is a powerful tool that helps a rider control where the horse is going and it uses a bit in their mouth and when they pull on the reins, they're able to tell the animal where to go and what to do. And much like a bridle for a horse, it's essential for us to control what we say and when we say it. Do you remember the, the, the great film, A, a League of Their Own? Uh, this is a beautiful story about how uh, an all-female baseball league brought joy to the nation during World War II. And, and Tom Hanks played the coach, Jimmy Dugan, of the Rockford Peaches. And he was an old-school baseball coach, and he had to kind of relearn how he coached. Uh, some of the players, he especially gets frustrated, if you remember, with one of the players named Evelyn who kept missing the person she was supposed to be throwing the ball to. And she comes off the field and Dugan just chews her out and she begins to cry. And we get that classic line, right? Crying? Crying? There's no crying in baseball. Dugan had to bridle in how he spoke and changed and control what he was saying. Uh, there's a great scene that shows him doing this, and, and we're going to show that to you. So, Max, you can go ahead. You know, practicing control over what we say can be really challenging, can it? And there are many tools in which we can use to where we can help ourselves be better in the moment. And I think the biggest key is just to be aware of your words and make a conscious effort to use them for good. And when we're able to control our words, then we can be intentional about the things that we say and how we say them. Did you notice that after Coach Dugan was able to gather himself and gain control. He was able to give Evelyn some intentional remarks and things that she could work on. And what happened to her? She lit up and she smiled. Which brings us to the 
Second metaphor. Consider ships. They are so large that strong winds are needed to drive them, but pilots direct their ships wherever they want to go with a little rudder. In the same way, even though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts wildly. You know, there's great power in the words that we speak. And and it's not an overstatement to say that we have the power to change the course and the direction of our life simply with the words that we choose to use. Much like a rudder in a ship can change the directions of the ship in, in such small ways that you don't even know that the ship has changed course, but eventually, over time, it gets to the destination it wants to go. It's kind of the same way with how we use our words. You know, saying something out of sorts isn't gonna feel like it's a big change in our lives, but if we continue to do that, we can end up in a destination that we don't want to be. Negative talk has been shown not only to hurt those that we talk to, but to hurt our own mental health. And being intentional about how we speak is a decision that leads us to a better destination. You know, the challenge for us is that we live in a time where it's totally okay to use hateful words when we deal with other people or ideas that we disagree with. It can be easy to fall into that trap of using negative words to get our way or to gain power over someone else. That's the easy way. That's keeping one foot in the world, so to speak. That's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is to speak in love, not hate. To speak with respect, not contempt. When we speak the way Jesus wants us to speak, we move into the direction of becoming more like him. In the very uh, first chapter of James, he gives us advice on how we should do this. One nineteen says, know this, my dear brothers and sisters, everyone should be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to grow angry. Before you send that email, (laughs) before you make that social media post, before you chew out that person, stop and be slow to speak. I came across a, a great life quote this week. It said, taste your words before you spit them out because they might be sour and bitter. James <laughs> uh, uses one more metaphor uh, to help hearers learn how to speak. He says that we need to be careful. He says, think about this, a small flame can set a whole forest on fire. The tongue is a small flame of fire. 
a world of evil at work in us. It contains our entire, it contaminates our entire lives. Because of it, the circle of life is set on fire. The tongue itself is set on fire by the flames of hell. James is telling us that what we say can do some great damage in a real hurry. Uh, I've heard elementary school teachers say this before. They, they say that once you say something, it's like toothpaste coming out of the tube. Once it comes out, you cannot put it back. Uh, the Tswana people in Botswana will sometimes use this proverb. It translates like this. A pointing finger may turn back, but a word does not return. And what they mean by this is if you shake your fist at someone, when, when everything calms down, people can forget it faster than if you say something. When you say something, it is out there. You can't take it back. Uh, I want to invite the worship band to, to, to come up. Um, James is not a detailed theological work. It's just not. James is, is more like a um, wisdom literature. And wisdom literature often holds a more holistic view of things. Wisdom literature is written to, to show us how to live out our faith in our life. James is teaching us that to be faithful doers of the word, we must make certain that what we say and how we say it aligns with the teachings of Jesus. You know, all these concepts we've talked about today, being, uh, having control, being intentional, being careful, that, those are kind of simple, right? But man, they are not easy. One of the things that, that makes it difficult is our propensity to live with one foot in the world and one foot in the Jesus movement. Listen to how James closes this section of his letter. With it, with the tongue, we both bless the Lord and Father and curse human beings made in God's likeness. Blessings and cursing come from the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it should not be this way. James is right. It should not be this way. And I believe I have in every fiber of my soul that Asbury United Methodist Church, together we can make a difference we can make a difference in our church. We can make a difference in our families. We can make a difference in our communities. Just by how we talk to each other. Together, we can put our faith into action and become doers of the word. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this day. Help us to become people 
who are careful with what we say and how we say it so that at every opportunity we are able to shine the light in which you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen.